Welcome to My Pancreas is Broken 2, the podcast where I, Tommy Young, a type 1 diabetic myself, help you navigate the scary and confusing world of your new diabetes diagnosis and give you tips and tricks to make sure you can live your best life. Today, we'll start way back at the beginning using my own personal experiences to help you learn what diabetes is, a little bit of the history behind it, and some of the ways you can counteract some of those stereotypes about diabetes. And that leads us to our question, what is diabetes? So, someone close to you has recently been diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. Whether that means it's you, your child, your significant other, or even your best friend, you're interested in learning more in order to help them or yourself as best you can. What exactly is it, though? You may assume it depends on someone's lifestyle, diet, or physical health, as it is a common meme among internet circles. In reality, diabetes is an autoimmune condition that has no known cause or cure. Now, that sounds scary, but the key word is yet. There is no known cause yet. There is no known cure yet. As research and technology improve, we are closer and closer to the answer, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Quoting directly from the Diabetes Canada website, diabetes is a disease in which your body either can't produce insulin or can't properly use the insulin it produces. Insulin is a hormone produced by your pancreas, and its role is to regulate the amount of glucose in the blood. Blood sugar must be carefully regulated to ensure that the body functions properly, as too much blood sugar can cause damage to organs, blood vessels, and nerves. Diabetes as a whole has likely been around for as long as we have, with scientific texts dating back to the Egyptian text Ebers Papyrus, dated back to 1500 BCE. However, it was not officially recognized as the diabetes we know today until German physicians Joseph von Mehring and Oskar Minkowski discovered the role of the pancreas in diabetes back in 1889. Thirty years later, Toronto physician Frederick Banting and his team, lab assistant Charles Best, chemist James Collip, and University of Toronto professor J.J.R. McLeod successfully injected a diabetic patient with an early type of insulin, paving the way for the survival of millions of diabetics worldwide. With this miraculous invention, the world of diabetes research and treatment has exploded. There are many different types of insulin, depending on your individual needs, and tons of different methods of treatment. Insulin pumps, pens, injections, pods, there's something for everyone. This is My Pancreas is Broken too with Tommy Young. I've had type 1 diabetes for 16 years being diagnosed in May of 2007 at the tender age of 3. It's always been a part of my life as I can't remember a time before diabetes. I've tried many different forms of diabetes treatment from direct injections from the first year to an insulin pump for many years and a brief stretch on insulin pens before moving back to a pump. I personally enjoyed the pump the most as I feel it gives me the most autonomy but also the most control. Despite being diabetic, I don't let that stop me. I'm a student at Algonquin College taking radio broadcasting, traveling around the Ottawa Valley to broadcast junior hockey. I also continue to play hockey, and occasionally baseball, and love attending a hockey camp called D-Skate. D-Skate is an all-diabetic hockey camp that has been running for many years, and I am so excited to be a part of it and watch it grow year after year. In short, I still love doing the things I love to do, and while I have to take more breaks than others to catch up on my blood sugars, I don't let my diabetes stop me. listening to My Pancreas is Broken 2. I'm Tommy Young.
Something that I always like to do when talking about diabetes is share some of the funniest questions that I routinely receive when I mention that I have diabetes. You will most likely hear or have these questions often, so I want to share some of my best answers with you. The most common question I always have to laugh at is, Oh, my friend has type 2 diabetes. That's basically the same thing, right? The short answer is, haha, <laughs> no. The long answer, though, is a little bit more complicated. While, yes, they have the same name, type 2 diabetes was formerly called adult-onset diabetes, as it was much more common in adults than children. Type 2 has many similar symptoms, but the biggest difference between type 1 and type 2 is that type 2 is most likely caused by obesity or a lack of exercise, compared to type 1, which is more of what I call losing the immune system lottery. Type 2 is a very preventable form of diabetes, unlike type 1, as decreasing your sugary or carbohydrate-based foods and increasing exercise and physical health can bring your blood sugar levels back to quote-unquote normal. So, while similar, there are many differences in the treatment between type 1 and type 2 diabetes. Speaking of type 2 diabetes, my other most common question is, will I get diabetes if I drink too much Starbucks? Well, it's certainly possible. You may be diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, but the amount of Starbucks you drink is irrelevant. However, if you do indeed drink copious amounts of Starbucks, much more than you should on a daily basis, you could potentially develop type 2 diabetes instead. When I'm sitting down and treating my blood sugar, I very often hear, what happens if your blood sugar reaches 0.0? .0? To be entirely honest, I'm not certain. The leading theory is that you would most likely be unconscious, or worse, my personal best is 1.4, which is very bad, as the good range is between 5 and 8, generally, for type 1 diabetics. 1.4 is very bad and feels absolutely awful. I do not encourage trying to break that record. However, the lower your blood sugar is means there is less sugar in your blood, and your body will not be able to break down things inside of your muscles and organs as easily, and thus you will not feel the energy needed to move about on a day-to-day -day basis. So a 0.0, .0 blood sugar could definitely be very dangerous to a type 1 diabetic. On the same path as treating low blood sugars, a common misconception that I hear is, oh, you're low? Why don't you grab a chocolate bar? While true that chocolate bars often have high sugar counts, they don't actually help raise your blood sugar, at least quick enough to treat a low. They will eventually bring your sugar up, but due to the fat content in milk chocolate bars, it slows the sugar down. This same phenomenon is why greasy food will often be considered the worst fast food by other diabetics, because the delayed reaction of the sugar causes havoc with insulin intake. Finally, my favorite question of all, doesn't that hurt? Unfortunately, the answer is almost always yes. Injections, finger pokes, pump site changes, CGM insertions, and many, many more causes of pain are very common throughout diabetes care. This may seem daunting, because while I can admit that it never quite gets any less painful even after 16 years, it's something you can get used to, and though it's taken me many years to get over my initial fear of the pain, it's much more manageable now. No matter how scary the needle may seem, the pain will only be temporary, usually only a couple of seconds at most, and once I got past that fear, it was much, much easier. you've learned something new today here on My Pancreas is Broken too. I'm Tom Young, and later on through the next few weeks, I'll be taking deeper dives into different aspects of diabetes management. Next week, I'll be explaining more about insulin specifically, and how Dr. Banting's miracle discovery has changed diabetes care. Thank you so much for listening along, and see you next week.